Go. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Mysteries of Bacalim. My name is Judah Eisenman. I'm a first-year uh, student at Technion American Medical School. I'm joined by Daniel Kaplan, second-year Technion American medical student. Judah, good to see you again. It's been oh, a while. We're very happy to be recording this podcast. We have a lot lined up for tonight's podcast. So thank you, Judah, for putting it together as usual. Uh, thank you. Thank you for joining us, Every, all our listeners, for joining us this week. This week's podcast, first of all, is sponsored by Blundstones. Are you looking for a way... To, be, uh, to seem more Israeli, but you struggle because you don't speak Hebrew? Why not buy Blundstones? The easiest way to acculturate without actually acculturating. Blundstones, they're worn by everyone who's really Israeli. You can be too. Okay, thank you Blundstones for sponsoring this week's podcast. Everybody knows if you don't know what Blundstones are, you should probably find that out before mm. you continue. Mm. But don't buy them in Israel. Buy them at Nordstrom Rack for $30. Really? That's a thing? It's a thing. I didn't know that. Don't get them here. It's a mystery. Who knows? I knew. <laughs> okay, fine. But moving on, this week's mystery. Dude, I'm going to hand it over to you for this week's mystery. Very important. So this week's mystery is something I, I really heard about, and I didn't believe it until I met the guy, and then I was like, whoa. I really still don't believe it. I've never met the guy. There's a guy there, so this week's mystery is the milkman. There's a man in Batkalim who purportedly, supposedly, apparently goes around begging for money, begging uh, the whole day, and then when he gets enough amount, when he gets enough money, he buys a lot of milk, he chugs it, throws up, and then goes to the ER, and that's his day. And then he comes out the next day and does it again. And okay, no one knows. This just sounds fake <laughs> no news. Knows. Fake news. No, I'm telling you, you begged for me, and I was like, I know, your, I know your deal, bro. You can't do this for me. I've never seen it. <laughs> I know your deal. Listen, there are a lot of things I haven't seen in Bakhtalim. I will say, I have checked out some of our mysteries, and they are true. They're all true. Of course they're true. This guy's true. Find him. Find him. Love him. He's there. Believe me. All right, Judah. I think we're up to our uh, special guest this week. Oh, what a guy. What a guy that is. Hailing all the way from the holy city of Muncie, New York. No. Some of you may, no! have, some of you may have known him <laughs> by his previous pseudonyms, which may have included Joshua, Yoshua, Simons. I don't even know what all the names mean. Simo yet? Yeah, something like that. Okay. <laughs> or just the shirtless guy on the Bakalim boardwalk. He's most known for being shirtless. Thank you, Yoshua, for joining us this week. Yoshua, fourth-year team student. First and foremost, before we continue, we have to congratulate Yoshua on matching this week, along with all the other fourth-years that matched. Way to go. Congratulations. Mazel tov. We're expecting a massive kiddish this week. Very Thank big. you, guys. Yeah. It's going to be huge. It'll be huge. 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 <laughs> oh, nice. Oh, man. I'm just curious, by the way. What would you, like, I've heard about this match process for a while now. What would you have done, like, your first thing if you found out you had it matched? How does that process work? The instant you find out. Dude, do we really want to go there? Yeah, I want to find out what happens. I was prepared to not match, and um, I was ready to first take a couple of breaths and tell myself it's going to be okay, and then go soap. Okay, so what, what, what's that mean, go soap? Uh, soaping go is the process to try to match after the match, because there are still spots that are left open, and uh, the programs try to fill the spots, and people try to grab the spots. So it's a little bit crazy. You're doing uh, phone call interviews. You have to send your applications in within a few hours. It's not a very fun situation, but if you got to do it, then you got to hope that it works and you get a you get a spot. Okay. So uh, it's po even if you don't match originally, you can still match. Okay, but you've you've passed that. You matched. I passed that. By the way, you mentioned my nicknames earlier. <laughs> Recently, I found out that I have a nickname in Bargalim that I wasn't aware of. They call me Nips. 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 <laughs> 
How did this come about, Joshua? I don't know. You, you Joshua, tell me. I find it very. He knows everyone's name in Bargali. He knows everyone's name Listen, in the community, but he knows everyone's name in Bargali. I knew already that Joshua had an in with the border, whatever you call those police, the boardwalk police. Oh yeah. Um, okay, I've only seen that. The story. Once. The story. The story once. goes as follows. I don't know if those of our listeners are aware of this story. Joshua was biking on the boardwalk, which, as everybody knows, is a no-no. And he went all the way down to Hof Carmel, which is a solid bike ride. And he was on Hof Carmel, and some officer stops him, or police, board, board police, whatever you want to call them. And he says, um, you know, you're not allowed to ride here. And Yoshua says to him, I don't speak Hebrew. I don't understand. And the guy goes, I know you. You're the guy from the Batkalim boardwalk. And that was a true story. Who was with me? Someone was with me. Who told you this story? I have no clue. I'm but you sure. do know the what you need to say if you ever get caught by police in, America, in Israel. You say, I need parod, and then they just drive you home. I've heard it's story. really true, by the way. I I bike down. I like to bike, and I bike down to Hope uh, Carmel. It's a, bunch a great, of times. great dating option. And I, I just want to say, great date. This bike, is correct. Bike down board. It's really nice. It's yeah. one of my favorite things to do in Haifa. So that story in particular, there was a bunch of those, um, bunch of those officers relaxing under the tree in the shade, and there was one of them who stopped me, and I started telling him, I saw on the sign it said, "Po um, uh, bicycle." And then the guy, he starts, he starts listening to me, oh, okay. And then his friend shouts to him, Achi, obed alacha, obed alacha, achi. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Give me your, give, hold on, just quickly, two seconds, uh, we have to move on. Give me your uh, pretending to not speak Hebrew accent, followed by your pretending to not speak English accent. Uh, pretending to not speak Hebrew. Uh, Shalom, I, ani roesham, um, uh, Oh, that's already too much. Too much. I, <laughs> I would call it's it. It's hard for me. I this, see, how do you go the other way? I the want other to way? Yeah, give me, way. give me your, pretend you're, pretend you're. We can all pretend like we don't speak Hebrew. Uh, not okay, that I am uh, from New York. I promise to you, I was born in the United States and America. My whole life I lived there. I, you, you, you believe to me? I believe to you. <laughs> that's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. very good. I'll give very that. good. Very solid. Very solid. Thanks. <laughs> all right. Th- th- you thanks. Oh, thanks. Okay, you're moving into Borat territory. You guys ever seen the, the, I think it's Elon Gold uh, clips? This guy, he's a comedian, and he loves to talk, he loves to talk about <laughs> how Israelis that. and Americans interact, and he always talks about how the Israelis repeat every single word like four times in both languages. So, bo, 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 come, 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 come. <laughs> and you know exactly what it's saying. He didn't need to repeat that like seven shoot. times. That's a great tick. Shoot. Yeah. I have to pick that up. The That's big good. one is to say to come, like to put a two in front of every single verb you have. You have. Yeah. You to come, you, you to come. You to come, you to come. You have to do this. You have to, that's a big. That's what I do. Um, hold on. So just quickly before we move on, I want to get your opinion on the mystery. What's up with the milkman? How I've seen he, this guy around for years. How I didn't did he get know here. What's he doing here? What's his What's his deal, bro? Okay, I'll tell you what I do know about him. There's a lot that I didn't know. I didn't know that he goes to the emergency room um, after throwing up. I have seen him throwing up multiple times. Um, I've seen him do it outside my apartment on occasion. I've seen him praying. He has a little mat and he prays towards Mecca. I've seen that. I oh, just really? saw that. Was I, it? that. I think I just saw that this week, actually, right outside my apartment. Um, I've seen him sleeping um, past Shawatina, where there's a little bit of shade um, from, the, from the little overpass thing. So I've seen him sleeping over there with, like, a blanket. Should, um, we, should we assume that this guy uh, is homeless, or what's his deal? He's definitely homeless. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, I've seen him sleeping around Bakalim in various places. I've seen him doing the milk and vomiting thing. I did not know the part about... Um, Has anybody ever approached him, like try to help him out, like see what the deal is? I avoid him. 
I have no clue. My guess is, here's my shot in the dark, like, he came here because of the emergency room originally, and he just kind of stayed. Like Could be. It could be he was living in the casino at some point also. I had a... Uh, if you guys want to talk about <laughs> mysteries, I just gave people a tour of the casino yesterday. I didn't really? know that existed. You didn't How is that in possible? The, you can get in. People used to, we used to go in all the time. Actually, you can get in like a ba- abandoned game. home. Get in. I've been or? no. You've been like it's a little bit of an adventure. You kind of you go up. You gotta um, climb over like three barbed wire gates. Not and too, <laughs> not that bad. But you do gotta climb up some stuff. There's a rusty. The there's a rusty ladder that you gotta climb up. That's not really attached to anything. So you gotta be careful. Um, I remember I was once in there with a few people showing around, and. Suddenly, I turn around and I see a head sticking through the floor. I freaked out. I jumped like five feet. And then I realized it's just a hole in the floor. There was some homeless dude who was underneath the building who stuck his head through. Take a look. Who's that? Is that is freaky. Yeah. So that, I, I've heard of crazy homeless dude stories too. I heard, like, not gonna say who, but someone found in the basement of their building one time a guy who was very clearly just snorting cocaine and having his own drum party in the basement on the beach. I don't think it was cocaine, but you know, it was something. Um, oh, you know this guy? I mean, cocaine is a rich person's drug. Oh, is it? Fine. He was probably on heroin or something. Oh, that's much much more poor person. Probably shooting up. Much more poor persons. Yeah. All right, Juno. What else you got on the list for this week? Oh, so what? Um, one thing I always like to hear about from fourth. You just came back from fourth year, so fourth yeah, years right. spend like six months in America. About um, eight months, I think. Eight months in America. Okay, and after having after having spent like three years in Israel, mm-hmm. tell me about America. Tell me, tell me what it was like. For me, it was more than three years. I've been in Israel since um, May 2013. And I'd only been back to the U.S. for very short visits since May 2013. Maybe like two weeks at the most. So until I went back in uh, end of May 2018, that was about five years that I hadn't been in Israel for more than two weeks at a time. I hadn't been in the U.S. for more than two weeks at a time. So it was a little bit of a culture shock when I first got back. I was... Uh, yeah, it was a little bit. It was, a, it was very different. I'm sorry, but I'm laughing because I know exactly the feeling that you're talking about. Yeah, wanting to go to the front of the line and having people stare at you when you actually do. I actually had some adventures like that in Israel. I was flying from where was it? From San Francisco to Vegas, and somehow I connected. There was some Alsit from Haifa actually, um, who was on her. Who was she was like on the phone talking to someone. Of course, video chatting and shouting, and she was like. And I was like, And then we ended up, because they delayed it, we ended up not going. So anyway, so she's helping this old woman named um, Dina, who's like 85 years old from Morocco. Uh, she was helping her with her luggage. She's going to visit her son who lives in Vegas. And guess what he does in Vegas? Oh, he sells, he sells Dead Sea products. No, he sells uh, falafel and uh, shawarma. So pretty close. Okay. He has a falafel and shawarma store. Every Israeli. Real falafel and shawarma? Real, real. I heard it's really good. I didn't get a chance to visit when I was in Vegas. But anyway, so, I, so we decided that we're both helping her because she has all her stuff. She's an old woman. She needs people to help with her stuff. You're, so of course, when we're going to board the plane, she's, she cuts the line straight through. And then we just cut with her. We're like, we're helping her. And everyone, all the Americans are like, okay, go ahead. She's an old lady. It happened to me. You didn't, get the guy, you didn't get the guy in the back who screams, hey, excuse me, like, what's going on over here? <laughs> it yeah. didn't happen. It didn't happen. People are very polite in the U.S. You'd be surprised. Like, people very. don't cut the line, but if yeah. you do it, you can get away with stuff. Oh, I had another mm, great story. Bad. I was in, um, I was in, uh, what's, what's the store on this shirt? What's this? H&M? H&M. Ooh. I was in H&M in Midtown in the, in the Upper, East, uh, Upper East Side, not Midtown, and I bumped into Evan. Um... And it was the fourth year. Yeah, this is okay. fourth. This on a Friday afternoon after we had both uh, we were both doing rotations, maybe in Monty or something. And 
I'm in the store and I want to buy stuff and I realize there's this huge line and Evan is way ahead of me on the line. So I just like jump up in the line with him yeah. and this woman behind well, us, this the, black just, woman yeah, behind yeah. us starts losing threatening it. us with physical violence. Yeah. And I was, just, like, I was like, I was like, we're together, we're a couple. <laughs> oh, 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 no. And she was like, you better be paying on the same car. I was like, yeah, oh, we're no. paying on the same Wait. credit card. What do you think? Wait. You this, this really happened. What? This really happened. Hold on. Okay, first of all, it's called the chatty cut. Which, it's a Larry David thing. Okay. But I can't believe you actually pretended you were a gay couple. I don't know if I said we're a couple, but I said we're together. Yeah. And he said we're playing on the same, I said we're playing on the same card. I don't know. You don't and we so, did. You don't look like you're a gay guy to me. I, like, I don't have incredible, like, you know. Judah, that's irrelevant to the story. Yeah. I'm just saying. No, it's extremely relevant. Is it relevant to I don't know. No. She, no. she was not very happy. This woman threatened to beat her ass with her handbag. Wait, actually? <laughs> seriously? Yeah, First of all, are you surprised he was in New she York She threatened City. to assault. Like, she wasn't just saying it. She just kept threatening to assault us. She was, real, she was for real. <laughs> that's hilarious. More hilarious that you present. What did everybody else online? What did everybody else say? No, no one else cared. A lot of people weren't so happy, but she's the one who got crazy. And the, the people, the, the store um, clerks, they were okay with it. They were like, as long as you're paying the same credit card. I was like, yeah, of course. And he paid in his card, and I just uh, sent him the money. That's pretty funny, I have to say. I've never pretended to be Yeah, like, I think th I bought this shirt. I bought this shirt that day. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I bought that shirt. Um, that H&M is huge, just yeah. so you know. Yeah, huge H&M. Like, yeah. Crazy lines that day. And you just cut them to pre by pretending you were gay. Tell me it was shoe <laughs> up. I mean, this is going back, backtracking slightly. Where was like the wackiest place you rotated or interviewed? Like where, like far out somewhere? Uh, I honestly didn't go anywhere too far. The furthest place I interviewed was Syracuse, mm. which is, I mean, it's Syracuse. It's not much to talk about. Every, everything everything else, was, else was New York, except one was in Connecticut and Waterbury, actually. That doesn't count. I went to Waterbury. You're not going to the Midwest? No, I, didn't, I applied broadly and I didn't, it's very funny. I, I only get interviews in New York. I and, feel like uh, you would love Colorado though, that's the thing. I visited Colorado. Love, I have a good story about. I ended up Colorado. spending Yom Kippur in Colorado. It's not a story. It's not a story <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> tell not, it right now. I can tell it right now. Let me just say. Let me just say. No, I missed my flight from Vegas to uh, from from Denver to LA. I was supposed to be in LA for. He was for, doing uh, in Denver exactly what everyone has a stereotype of what the people do in Denver. I'm not gonna <laughs> confirm or deny that, but I got stuck in Denver. For I, think, I think that was a confirmation. <laughs> I plead the fifth. <laughs> Shut up, Yom Kippur. <laughs> so wait, what did you do? I ended up, there's a really yeshivish high school in, in uh, Denver. And I ended up yeah, of course, with I a, know friend, a, a friend of mine. Uh, yeah. ended up with a friend of mine. <laughs> I ended up on a Friday after, on what was, whatever, I remember Yom Kippur. Kippur yeah. <laughs> it was a really, it was, it was a really nice Yom Kippur, actually. Was that like a blast, a Hold blast on, tell the, tell the whole story. Tell the whole story. It was great. It was edible. I, I can't, right? I can't, I'm... <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Oh my goodness. No one's going to hear this podcast. I'm I don't just know what you're talking about. No one's hearing this podcast. What are you so concerned about? We have like <laughs> <laughs> we have like four listeners max and three of them are my parents. Three of them are my parents and family. Well, I hope your parents and family are entertained. Yeah, I'm just saying. So it's like even my grandfather already swore off this podcast. <laughs> True story. <laughs> you know, every Google Google knows. Google's listening. Google knows everything. All right. Judah, can I say what your grandparents said? <laughs> All I can say is I missed my flight from Denver to LA. I ended up spending a really beautiful and spiritual Yom Kippur wow. in Denver by the Yeshiva. spiritual like Tzfat is spiritual. I don't know. Wait, you, went, you actually went to the Yeshiva? Yeah. You didn't just go to like, the local shul. You went to the Yeshiva specifically. My, my friend was... The reason I ended up in the Yeshiva is because a friend of mine was in Denver. Um, he was going there because... 
he was in the army with me, but he went to yeshiva in Denver before I went to the army. So he goes every year for Yom Kippur. And he brought me along and I slept in the dormitory in the, the yeshiva. And uh, I was in, I did visit the local shul after for like Neila because I eventually got, I eventually just got sick of the yeshiva. I was like, I gotta get out of here. It's very long. It was, it was a very yeshivish davening. And it was nice for like 10 minutes. And then I was like, okay, this is yeah, not me. Know. They were nice people, very nice people. You, you know, I got the yeshivish stare. You know the yeshivish stare with yeshivish kids who had never seen anyone who's not yeshivish? When you, when you don't walk in with a jacket. Exactly. I didn't have a white shirt. I was wearing a blue shirt. I didn't have a white shirt with me. I the so everyone, like I walk in for, uh, I walk in for uh, Kol Nidre. And all of these kids are like turning and staring at me like, who is this? Yeah. Who is this Shay gets in a blue shirt on Yom Kippur? Just so you know, we had two shuls in my community growing up. One of them was like yeshivish, the other one was not. And like... If you walked into the yeshiva shul without like a jacket or without a white shirt, the guy by would give you this look, which we called the whatever his name was. We called it the, that that look, mm-hmm. and it was just like as you walked through your seat, it was like the can't believe you're not wearing a jacket in my shul look. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, Denver, Colorado is not exactly the most metropolitan place. And it's not so. It's probably not that unlikely that some of these guys had never really interacted with people. Who I'm sure they, they were quite nice, actually. If imagine if it had been in uh, in like I don't know New Square or Flatbush, it would have been. I would have got a lot more looks. They were fine. Mm-hmm. They were nice but people. But then, then you get more. And then I end up so invites I visit, for dinner. What's that? You get more invites for dinner. That's true. Yeah, that's true. You get the care of invites, which exactly. is always nice. Boom, boom. And then um, and the shul in the neighborhood was really nice too. I visited there. They were super friendly. Everyone came over to offer me a talis, and they offered me a sitter and to show me where it is and. I also, oh, you know, there's, a, there's this beautiful lake over there. And I walked around the lake also on Yom Kippur. It was so beautiful. Every single person I walk by says hello. Like, oh, so they're actually friendly people in Denver. Yeah. It's weird. I was shocked it's at first. I was like, why are you saying hello to me? And then I realized everyone <laughs> says hello to everyone. You're just jaded by New York. You grew up in Muncie. Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 I mean, it's just... you know, I know everyone on the boardwalk here too. You see the Russian dude who's uh, punching the walls and you're like, I don't want to talk to this guy. I know his name. It's yeah. Oleg. Yeah, of course he does. <laughs> it's Oleg. <laughs> Alright, did you want to tell that story quickly about the email I got from my grandparents? Mm-hmm. We'll tell it, hold on, we'll tell it next week. Um, we, had, we just have one no, final let's, segment. Let's just tell it now. You want to tell it now? <laughs> we have a lot of very loyal listeners and we thank you for listening on a regular basis. Among those were at one point some members of Judah's family. Mm. After, I think, the third episode, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. Judah got an email from his grandparents. Grandma and Grandpa live in... Staten Island. Staten Island, New York. Yeah. And they said, quote, Judah, it was nice listening, but I think there are better things you can do with your time. End quote. Love. Love, grandma and grandpa. Well, that's real family support. It hits it right there. Yeah. Right, right in the pride. Right in the motivation. And with that, and with that, we, we thank grandma and grandpa for your support. And we are, we are looking forward, Judah and I are looking forward to having you on the podcast. <laughs> Let us know when you're in Israel. We have a final segment. Final segment noise? All right. All right. Our final segment is Sticker Stark. Point of the segment, we say something to you, ask if it's Sticker Stark. Guys, this, guy, this week is pretty good, so listen carefully. <laughs> listen up. So, Sticker ready? Sticker Stark. Taking Facebook, uh, taking shirtless Facebook photos. Stark. Oh! oh. What? <laughs> Dude, do we believe this starkness? No, because he, I mean... Okay, I, stick. Fine, yeah. I'll do it for No, 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 no. If it's Stark, that's the answer. I, part, I believe it because he is a bodybuilder. And listen, that, that he did just he tell us that he spent his past Yom Kippur in a yeshiva. That is true. That's true. That is true. true. Yeah. 
You know, I don't know if it would have been better if he came in shirtless or with the blue shirt. Yeah, uh, shirtless would have been good. <laughs> yeah, shirtless would probably very humble, been very humble. Less stairs, fewer stairs. If you come in shirtless, unlikely. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I've had all Tel Aviv stare at me already. <laughs> <laughs> and all Bagley, that's not so many people. And all the policemen. <laughs> yeah. No yeah. wonder they knew who you were. Yeah, they saw it. They saw the pecs. Yeah. They, they knew that they, they recognized knew, me. Because once face. I went to Bargolin once, and the guy was like, hey, "You look familiar to me," and his friend was like. Take off your shirt. I know you. You're the guy from the beach. Oh, no. All right, Judah. I think that's it for this week. Thank you, yeah. Yoshua, for joining us again this week. It was really a pleasure having you on the show. To our, all our loyal listeners, thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, send them my way or to Judah. But Judah's not going to listen. Send them don't, to me. Don't text me. All right, guys. <laughs> Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time on Mysteries of Bakalim.